life cuts at us and um, we've got great people um, that have gone through it or, you know, we've got great testimonies from it to actually share with you. And we have the um, privilege today to have one of our members of the church, uh, one of our leaders, Kerry Godfrey, who's actually sharing. And I just want to give you a little bit of background. Kerry has um, been married for over 26 years. Am I right, Gillian? I'm looking at Gillian because the wife's always right. So, yeah, so Kerry and Gillian have been married over 26 years. And they share, uh, they have five kids, ages ranging from, they don't even look old enough to have 25 down to nine, it's amazing. No grandchildren yet? Okay. So they've been, uh, they've been with Champion Lake for over 13 years. Kerry sits on the board as well, and he's also um, a counsellor at the city of Armadale. Plus, on top of everything, they run their own business and very successful. So I want you to um, stand to your feet, and let's just welcome Kerry to share with us this morning. children. Thank you for that, Jesus. Great stuff. Who knows? I'm, this morning I'm going to talk about marriage. Great subject, interesting subject, fun subject, challenging subject, all together. But before I do get into uh, the body of it, who knows a word is important and interpretation of a word can be important. I want to tell you the story of a monk. A Sistine monk committed to Jesus, right? Totally committed to Jesus. The whole order is committed to Jesus. And one of the things these monks do is over the year, every year, they rewrite the Bible from the original manuscript, okay? So they rewrite it. And the next year they rewrite it and it goes on and on and on. Anyway, one day this monk decides he wants to see the original because they don't get to see the original. They just get to see the rewritten version. So this monk decides... He wants to go and see what the original looks like. So he goes down into the cellar where it's protected. He gets to open it up and he's reading it. And all of a sudden, all the monks upstairs hear this scream. And they're screaming, no, 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 how can this be? What? No, how can this be? And they all run down because they're really worried about this guy. And they're looking at him and he's just fretting and he's panicking. And he says, celebrate. It says celebrate. Okay, some got it late. Put your hands up if you didn't get it. Okay, all right, a Sistine monk, right? He doesn't get married because they thought the word said celibate, never get married. So it's important to read the word, yes? All right, actually, (laughs) even my wife's laughing, I like that. All right, also, I'd like to just do some honouring this morning. I think we don't get a chance to do it very often. So we're going to do it fairly quickly. So if you've been married for over 60 years, can you quickly stand up? Over 60 years. Stand up, come on. I know for a fact, I know for a fact we have someone who's been married 60 years. Let's give him a clap. All right. What about if you've been married for 50 years? Over 50 years, put your hand up. You don't have to put your hands up again. All right, so no one in between. 40 years. Oh, well done. Let's give him a clap. Well done. 30? 30 years. Well done, Caroline. 20 years. Ooh, 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 that's me too. Yep. Fantastic. 10? 10? Fantastic. Give him a clap. Come on. 
How about five? Five years. Fantastic. What about one to five? Yep. Hey. Fantastic. And what about if you've only been married for less than a year? Is there anyone who's been married less than a year? Yay! Fantastic. Guys, I, in the modern day world, some of that's a miracle. Yes? That's a miracle. And I believe it deserves clapping. Fantastic. All right. Let's get into some uh, meaty stuff. Why marriage? Why marriage? In Genesis, the Lord said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helpable, suitable for him. But what I found interesting when I started to do some study on this during the week, um, when God created everything, didn't matter, day, night, dry land, vegetation, living creatures, it was good. Yes? He made it pretty clear. This happened on the first, second day, it was good. And then when he finished, he says it was very good. It was very good. Yet as soon as you come into um, Genesis 2, it says... It is not good for man to be alone. Interesting, isn't it? Everything else was good and very good, but it was not good for man to be alone. You know, I believe God always knew Adam needed more. He knew that he needed a helper, but a helper similar to himself. And also, I also believe that Adam knew he would have been alone. He would have known as he's naming all the animals and he's going through that process that all of a sudden he was different. You know, because you imagine, you know, you've named a dog. You know, and you go, hi, dog, how it's going? That, that wouldn't have been very pleasant, would it? You know, you named the cat. You know, well, I bring my mummy to this, but you named the cat. Hi, cat. You're a cat. You know, how's it going, cat? Yeah, what? You know, you know what I mean? There's, there's naming and there might be a little bit of friendship going on, but there's no communication going on at all. And I reckon he knew that he was alone, and God certainly said he was alone. But was he alone? You know, what is the word alone? Was he alone? Because... You remember Adam and, or not Adam and Eve, because he's alone. Adam had a relationship with God. God was there. He was there with him all the time. He could talk to God and have that relationship with him. And he also had all the animals and everything that he named was surrounded by him. So in that sense of things, he wasn't really alone. But God said, it's not good for man to be alone. So what is that word alone? I believe alone here. Um, and I did go and do a whole Bible thing on it, and I won't bring all that out now, but it was not good for him to be a, a, without someone of like him, similar like. It was not good for him to be alone uh, in the sense that he wasn't completed. Adam needed something to complete him. He needed something to complete him. So to, he was alone, and, and to be complete, he needed someone that would fulfill him spiritually, socially, emotionally. I like this part. Physically, Adam needed, who's laughing? Who's giggling? But Adam, you know, Adam needed all of that fulfilled and completed in his life, yes? Yep, I think he did. And the Bible says he did. So the answer is yes. So let's, we could ask that question again. Do you think he needed all of those fulfilled? Yep, good answer. Well done. So, so to be complete, Adam needed another like him. And I'll make it clear in this church, and I'm happy for it to be on record and get sued for it. He needed a woman. He didn't need another like him, was another man. God didn't give him another man. He gave him a woman. But I'm like, <laughs> someone will take that now and they'll go and want it and I'll end up getting sued or something. So, But the Bible also says that the two together form one flesh. You know, they completed each other. 
You know, Adam needed Eve, Eve needed man to be completed, to fulfill each other's, every single need is completed in that relationship. Isn't that fantastic? Don't we serve a good God? So here I've got God created. In Genesis 2.21, it says, The Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, and then he closed up the place of flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib. Actually, it actually doesn't say rib in the original version. It actually says from inside of him, So, but we won't get into that. So for those who go and have a look, see if a man's missing a rib, he's not. So uh, let's get sorry off track there. Made a woman from the rib. He had taken out of the man... And he brought her to the man. You know, I've been a Christian for a long time. And I've done a lot of Bible study before. And I just never noticed. You know, there's some things you just never notice in the scripture. You know, I noticed when I was doing this, and I'm not going to go down this track, but I noticed when I was putting this together, God told Adam not to eat from the tree of good and evil. He actually never told Eve at all. He told Adam. When Adam was presented with the garden and all the animals, he was told, this is all for you, but don't do this. Don't eat from that tree. You know, and I, I mean, I've known that before, but it, it just reminded me when I was reading it that Adam was the one given with the responsibility not to eat from the tree. So how clear he made that to Eve, I don't know. Not very clear, I don't think. Because I don't think it was God's plan for them to eat from the tree. You know, so ultimately, guys, the buck often stops with us. Not with our wives. So that's a free one for the women. Okay? I know you like that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? What I like about this was he took, he created the woman and he brought her to the man. Isn't that interesting? He brought her to the man. He didn't leave Eve now wandering around the garden waiting for Adam to be walking around and go, <gasps> holy mackerel. You know, not like us, you know. You know, we meet our partners for the first time, you know, and the lights go on and and the hair stands up, and well, I knew that's what it was like for Jill anyway. So it was, but so let let. But you know, I really want to just make this point that God brought woman to the man. You know what? As her father, he gave her away. Isn't that interesting? He actually presented Eve to Adam. He gave her away. You know what I reckon? In my book, that's the first marriage. It really is the first marriage. With all the symbolism that we do today when the father gives the, the bride away, this father gave his created daughter to Adam. Isn't that amazing? I thought that was amazing when I, you know, when I was doing that. And the Bible itself exalts marriage to the highest. Now, we don't have time to go through all the scriptures, but we know the symbolism that we are the bride and the father is a bridegroom. We know that, don't we? You know, how big an exaltation of marriage do you want that, you know, that the Lord himself treats us that specially that we actually complete him. You know, and of course we know that he completes us. You know, that, that's uh, amazing. There's a couple of points I'm going to make. Um, I am rushing a little bit because, you know, I just want to leave some time at the end um, just for God to do what God does. You know, and we don't know what God's going to do. But a couple of quick points. Do you know this was the nucleus of the first family? So there'll be a few people here that have done growing kids and and whatever, because I'm really good at stealing growing kids' material because I think it's fantastic. If you want to know how to be good parents, go and do growing kids. You know, if you don't want to do growing kids, fine. Go and get the growing kids' material and read it. It is just fantastic material. But Adam and Eve were the nucleus of the first family. Who knows when God said it was very good. So this is after Adam and Eve, and he says it was very good. Guess what wasn't present? Come on. Anyone? 
No, no, not sin. Children. Children weren't present. You know, and I just want to make one point out of that. Often in the modern day world, people believe you need to have children before you become a family, yes? You know, you get married when you're going to have kids. Simon, when are you going to have kids? <laughs> That's all right. I'm selfish. I just want to be granddad. So, But they presume that you're not a family till you have children. Well, you know what? That's not true. God, when he put Adam and Eve together, they became a family. Children are a blessing. They increase your family. You know, so we've got five children, so we've got a nice big circle. But as our children leave, Simon has his own family now. As the children leave, the circle gets smaller again. But guess what? When they've all gone, Jill and I are the nucleus. We're still the family. We're no better a family. We're no lesser a family. We are a family. So that's just a little bit off the track about marriage itself. But I, I think it's important because I, I see some pressure on young people when they get married that they actually don't believe they complete or they don't believe they're a family till they have children. Well, guys, if any of you feel that or have felt that, that's not true and ignore all the nagging that you get, all right? Except for Simon and Nakir, that doesn't apply to you. I'm getting older and I'd like some grand clips. All right, so this is that's the serious part because I, 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 I really felt that it was important that we understand just what happened in the garden. Isn't it, isn't it nice to know what happened in the garden? I mean, I... Just imagine God presenting you with your wife, which, well, I think he does that for all of us, but that would have been amazing. Now, I'm just gonna, we're just going to play, how are we going for time? Yep, we're doing well. We're gonna, I'm going to play a seven-minute clip here, right? And in here is some hints about marriage, you know, and, and I think those who have been married for a long time will pick it up pretty quickly. Others will just laugh, all right? And then from there, we're going to actually, um, for, after this clip, we're going to give some hints for a healthy marriage, all right? Fair enough? Okay, thanks, guys. Can you put it up? It is funny, by the way. Lounge suite, the kitchen. I really hope the kids will be okay without us. Oh no. I think Brian forgot his toothbrush. Oh yeah, and Brandy didn't eat, doesn't eat meat. And gosh, I didn't tell mom and dad that. I should call him. Yeah. Finally got rid of those kids. Well, babe, we finally got rid of those kids for a couple of weeks. This is just going to be fantastic. I'm so stoked. I don't even know what to do. What is wrong with him? Does he not even think about our kids? What they're going to do right now? He is completely... You know, why don't you just relax for a little while? You can do that later. Later, later. He always wants to do things later. Doesn't he know that you can't do everything later? That sometimes things have to be done now? What's the matter? I'm just worried about the kids. My one chance to be alone with her without the kids, and she's worried about them. What does it take to make a little romance with your wife around here? You know, come on, the kids will be fine. They're with your parents for just a couple of weeks. What could possibly go wrong? Plenty, believe me. 
Um, you know, Brian, he already, I already know, he forgot his toothbrush. And Brandy, you know, she doesn't eat meat. I didn't tell my mom that. And, I mean, don't you think about these things too, Hon? No, I don't. If only I could get her to think about me for just a second, even for a fraction of a second, that would be awesome. Look at him, sitting on the couch with his feet up while I'm here standing in the kitchen, slaving away. What could he possibly be thinking right now? She just doesn't get it. Our first night away from the kids, I mean, what's it going to take? Music. Yes, this is going to be good. i got to find something really good here. Rocky, yeah, okay. Rocky could be kind of good. I had a tiger. All right. Uh, maybe that's not cool. Oh, the bangles. Yeah, but see, we used to dance to the bangles. It's, nah, I don't, I don't think that's what I'm like. No, that's not it. Praise music. No, that, you know, maybe that's, that's just not quite the right thing. Ah, Kenny G, now we're talking. This was the music I played for Betsy on our wedding night. That's the ticket. Man, I'm good. Remember the song I played for our wedding night? Who else would think of that? It's only a matter of time now before she's in my arms. Is he playing that horrible music? What's wrong with her? Doesn't she remember? Uh, can you please turn off that music? You know, I just... You know how I feel about Kenny G. What? I thought she loved Kenny G like me. I can't believe she doesn't remember. Well, maybe it wasn't Kenny G. I'm really blowing it here. Come on, think, think. What can I do? Ah, I know just the thing. Candles, where are the candles? I know she's got some around here somewhere. Come on, come on, come on. Think. Where are they? Get back here, up here. Where? Come on. The candles have got to be around here somewhere. Oh, yeah. We got the candles. This is good. Candleage, candle out. I can't believe this. He's just like a child. He's worse than the kids. At least they clean up after him. What is wrong with him tonight? This is so great. She loves candles. I'm so smart. She's going to love this. I'm such a romantic. That's what I get for my girlfriend. I, I'm Betsy. The package, I mean, it was all had a bow on it and everything, huh? This guy, 
I'm trying to set the mood. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get something romantic. Not sweet, but you're burning the plastic. You didn't even take the plastic off. This it's stinking. Can I blow them out? Oh, uh, don't, don't. Well, that one's okay. It doesn't have plastic on it. You know, it seems like nothing I'm doing tonight is working out right. I was really hoping we got rid of the kids, we'd have some time alone together, and we could have a nice romantic evening. And I, it seems like nothing I'm doing is working out, and you've got a lot of other stuff on your mind, and I'm just, yeah. I'm not, I'm not dialed into it. You know, maybe I, I, I probably should have prayed, you know, beforehand that I'd be in tune with you a little bit more. Could we just start over, please? Would you pray with me for a minute? Okay. Let's, let's pray for a nice romantic evening. Let, let's turn it off there, guys. Father God, thank you for my lovely bride. And uh, Father, help me to be Hello. sensitive. Gets, uh, gets a little bit rough after that. No, it, it doesn't. Uh, who, who here who'd been married for a few years get that? Yeah? Oh, come on. <laughs> okay, the rest of the honest ones, who really gets that? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my, my, my 16 year old daughter smile when she sees that, especially the candle bit. So, but I've never, I don't think I've ever opened candles that were for someone else, but then who knows? So there you go. Who, who would like, actually guys, I, I just want to say, because if, as soon as you heard the word marriage, there's probably a couple of scriptures you'd like talked about, like Ephesians 5.22. Well, guess what? We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about wives being submissive to your husbands. Hey, just go and do a word on, just going to do research on the word submissive and the rest will be natural. But but what I will say is for us husbands, you know what it says? Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. There was nothing he wouldn't do for the church. There was actually nothing he had left to give to the church. He gave it all. He sacrificed himself. He died on the cross for it. And he basically made us whole and holy because of his love for the church. So husbands, you want to have a good wife. You want to have a great relationship. You know, you'd like to have a wife that fills all the stuff you think's there. You love them like that. And I guarantee everything will be okay. Can't tell you out of experience, but, but I believe it to be true. Because I'm not perfect. You know, I, I don't think I know how to love like Christ loved the church. But the Bible helps us do it. Anyway. So we're not going to focus on that, but husbands, love your wife. All right. Who would like some hints for a healthy marriage? Yep. Two people. So the rest, if you'd like to go and have a coffee, yeah. you know, the coffee will be on. If you're a visitor over this side, go and have a cappuccino or whatever. And for the, the other two people, I'm going to help. So, all right. So number one. Now, these, some of these guys, these aren't the be-all and end-all, and I'm sure there's a lots more, and I'm sure I won't cover them the way they could probably be covered. But some of these are, you know, some of the stuff that's come out of our marriage and, you know, things that I've experienced in other people's marriage. Okay, so hints for a healthy marriage, one. And that, that really came out of that clip. Out of all the funny stuff in that clip, the one major key came out at the end. Have God as your center. Have God at the center. You know, and I, I, I found it interesting that, you know, what would have happened in that clip if they didn't know God or didn't have God as a center? I can tell you, nothing. <laughs> he would have been disappointed. And she would have been upset and grumpy probably for two weeks of the kids being away. 
You know, there's something about having the God as a center of your marriage that just, it just fulfills all those blanks that you have. You know, and you've got to let him in. There's got to be times that you pray together. You know, people say marriages that pray together stay together. I'm not a big fan of statements like that. I'm really not because that like says, well, if you do that, you'll stay together. Or if you do this, you'll stay together. No, no, no. It's, it's a whole encompassing picture. You know, you, you can pray together. And that's great. But if you don't do all the other stuff, I, I still think you're going to be in trouble. You know, I think there's a lot more. But that's the key. You know, God was a center of Adam and Eve. He presented. Well, it's the same for us. God needs to be the center. Singles. Who'd like some advice for the singles? Get rid of your lists. If there's a single here who has a list of the type of partner they want, get rid of it. Or even better, cross all the things off on and leave the things on that are, that, that are to do with God and godly character. Okay? So it's okay to say, I want a person who's godly. I want a person who prays and reads their Bible or turns up the youth group. I want a person who loves to worship. That's all fine. But if you start putting things on that, you know, I want someone who, you know, has got blonde hair, ponytails, you know, got a good job, all that kind of stuff. Well, you know what? Adam didn't get those things. What Adam got was what God gave him. And he gave him a godly woman who was perfect in every way and who was going to fulfill him in every way. So I believe, guys, and I believe this without a doubt, that God's got the best for every single person. He's got Well, for every person, he's got the best. And if you allow him to put that person in your life, you'll get it. But if you're not, if you, if you're not careful and you have a list, that person may be presented to you and you'll... No, not good enough. I wanted someone with dimples and she doesn't have dimples. So, and I promise you, God God will give you someone who will complete you. Yep. Amen? You are with me? Now, I don't like a quiet church. It's it, always fearful up here when it's quiet. All right. Hint number two. Learn your partner's love language. Okay. For those, for those who don't know what the heck I'm talking about, there's a book out by a guy named Gary Chapman. Go and get it. Go and get the book. Now, there's love language for children, all that as well, but we're talking about marriage today. Basically, guys, how are we going for time? Oh, we've got a couple of minutes for this. Love languages. There's five love languages. There's physical touch. People love to hold hands. They love to cuddle. They love to do that kind of stuff. And, you know, this, this starts at kids. Well, luckily for Jill and I, that's not us. You know, we'll be walking somewhere. We'll hold hands in here. Forget that. Okay? We're lucky. That's not our love language. There's another one. It's acts of service. It's when you just go and do things for someone. You know, and you, whatever it could be, take the bin out, change a light bulb, whatever, fill the car up. There's quality time where you sit down on the couch. And I hate this, with the TV off. I'm, I'm lost with the TV off. But you sit down on the couch together, and that time is just to be together. Right? There is um, gift giving. Yep. So that's where people just love to buy stuff and get stuff and whatever. That's the love language. And the last one is words of encouragement. Okay? People just, all people need to do is be told they're good or they're great or they're a good dad, good husband, good worker, good staff member, whatever it is. Now, every person has one of those as their main one. And I believe there's many, many marriages that miss each other because they say, I love you, and the other person doesn't get it. So... Oh, actually, I, got a, I had a friend of mine, he's now passed away. They lived in Adelaide and they were not getting on their marriage. They've been married for, what, probably 35, 40 years at the, the time that this happened, 30 years, Roger and, and um, Joan. And 
I sat down with her and she over coffee one day and she's telling me that I don't, we, I just can't see us staying together. You know, this is happening. Rog does this and all he's interested in this. And I just sat down and God just gave me a moment where I was able to tell her, you know, that's Roger telling you he loves you with every ounce of ability that he's got. And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, when he does these things for you and he fixes these things for you and he tries to do this for you, that's him using his talent and his gift and he's saying, I love you with everything I've got. You know what? That changed their whole relationship because it changed her. So it changed the way she responded to him and, and stuff like that. And even now, he's passed away now. Even now when I talk to her, she remembers that, that revelation God gave her on that day. It wasn't me. It's not that I knew anything. It's just that I'd done the book, understood the book, and we'd applied it and was able to share it. So I'd suggest anyone who wants to know that, go and get the book. Five, it's called um, The Five Love Languages. And a few people here know that. It's important we say I love you in a way they can receive it. Jill always used to say I love you by buying me stuff. Well, I don't need stuff. I'll buy my own stuff. All I needed, my love language is words of encouragement. And that sucks when you're a strong, dominating type of personality because that's not what you hear very often. You know, and, and, and Jill's pretty average at it, mind you. <laughs> but you know what? Jill, does, Jill doesn't have to buy me anything. She just has to say, you're a great dad or you're a great husband. And that's all I need. And that keeps me going. I am cheap. Words of encouragement's cheap. So, all right, number three, let's keep on moving. Okay, listen to this one, guys and girls. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. This was the best advice Jill and I ever got in our marriage. Um, it's Ephesians 4.26. So it wasn't just advice, it's a scripture. So it's actually almost a you know command. Don't let the sun, guys, don't. I promise you, don't do it. You know, luckily for, for, for Jill and I, God didn't let us, God just didn't let us out of it. And we're so grateful for that. You know, the, the times where we've had difference of opinions, but, you know, quietly, which means not quietly, you know. And I mean difference of opinions where all of a sudden the one flesh is like, hang on, what are we doing over here? You know, God did not let us get away with that. I am grateful that he held us accountable to that. And I, I remember times, not you know, not in the near last years, you know, but many years ago, we'd be up at three o'clock in the morning, just laying in bed, not being able to sleep, until we talked about it. You know, so actually, I didn't want to talk about it, but that's right. You know, but you know what? We couldn't do it. So now I would rec- challenge every person here that that can change a marriage. I tell you, if you're not getting on and you've had some words and you're angry at one another, deal with it. Deal with it before you go to bed. Okay, and um, you know, on top of that, on top of those, those other two things about your love languages and sun go down. Have fun. Oh goodness me! Don't have a marriage. It's not fun. Have fun, guys. She's not a ball and chain. You know that we all joke about that, but it's not funny. Actually, it is funny, but it's not true. You, you know what? My wife does not hold me back from doing anything that are the things of God. The truth is, if my wife's nagging me about doing something, 99% of the time she's probably protecting me from doing something I shouldn't be doing. So, you know, I'm just trying to make it feel good and all that as well. So, But, but you know what? I, I believe God does give us that protection. That's what Sometimes that's what marriage is about, to protect us from doing things, going places, hanging around with people, all that kind of stuff. But have fun. Go to the movies. If you're not into movies, go and have coffee. If you're not into having coffee, go and sit at the park and chat. If you're not into doing that, God, I have no answers for you. So see all those people who put their hands up for 60, 50, 40, 30 years of marriage? Ask them. 
There'll be something that they've done that I just didn't mention that you can do to go and have fun. Yes? All right. See? So I could see the Delaney's. Their love language is physical touch. Look at that. Cuddling and hugging and stuff like that. Mate, how blessing is that? Sitting through a sermon on marriage and your partner saying, I love you all through the sermon. Isn't that great? You know, and I haven't heard my wife, wife say boo yet, so I haven't been encouraged at all. David's time, he loves me more than my wife has so far. <laughs> Sorry, honey, that's not fair. Okay, um, carrying on from really the sun, sun going down on your anger and the next one probably goes hand in hand, and that's forgiveness. Guys, forgiveness, forgiveness. You know, I've done a sermon on that before and I could do that again, but forgiveness, you must have forgiveness. You know, when we do the Lord's Prayer, it says, if you forgive, I forgive. If you don't, I won't. I'm telling you now, guys, if you don't forgive your partner for something they've done and they don't forgive you, well, stop asking God for forgiveness because he says in his word he won't. If you carry unforgiveness, God won't forgive you, okay? So, and that's from the Bible. That's not my opinion. That's what the Bible says, all right? So you need to forgive. Number five, communicate. You know, just chat. You know, talk, be open. But remember... Okay, this is important. When you're communicating, just remember a couple of things here. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Okay, so, you know, I said to Jill, I said, what are we going to give as advice for communicating? It was really hard. So one is to your men, try not to fix everything your wife tells you. I didn't say don't try and fix it because we are going to. That's what we do. But try not to fix everything. And women, don't tell us everything that you don't want fixed. Okay? So that's Jill's advice, not mine. That came from Jill. So there's that balance. You know, men, we have to learn not to try and fix everything because sometimes our wives just want to tell us something. And that's hard because I just like fixing stuff. And sometimes they just want to tell us stuff, but they don't want it fixed. And I don't get that because why would you want to have that problem and not have it fixed? Because I'll fix it for you. So, you know, so that's, it's an interesting one. So that's why I believe men need men. That's why we need breakfast. And women need girlfriends. So they can tell each other things that because they'll never fix them because they don't know the answers. Only we know the answers. And we can, and us men can just talk about blowing stuff up. All right? All right? And um, fear, there's a saying that Jill and I did marriage, uh, a course, years and years ago, probably 15 years ago now, called Marriage Enrichment. And it had a saying that we've sort of always laughed about. Jill always reminds me of it when I'm trying to fix something. And Jill would say, feelings are neither right nor wrong. They just are. Okay? So I'm not going to go into that because that's, that's a discussion in itself. But sometimes you just feel stuff and it just feels stuff. It's not right. It's not wrong. It's not out of the Bible. It's nowhere. It's just a feeling. So it's what you do with feelings that give you cause issues. All right. Number six, because we're, we're just about out of time, so I've done well. Learn from other healthy marriages. And I've always said, said to my kids, try and learn from someone else's mistakes, you know, so you don't have to make them in yourself. I've got a really unbright son, and he's not here today, who says, hey, it's all right if he was here, I'd say it anyway, because it's not Simon. No, no, it's not Simon, it's the other son. He says to me, oh, but Dad, i just got to find out for myself. And I said, you're an egghead. You know, go and bang your head on the brick wall there. No, it'll hurt. Why, have you done it before? Yep, oh, okay, fair enough. So, but you know what? We can learn an awful lot. Jill and I have put, always had this in our life as parents and whatever. Always try and look at others and draw the best from them. I actually think I wrote down here, yeah, look at healthy marriages or other marriages. You know, take the best, leave the rest. 
I believe the same with parenting. You know, when you see something good someone's doing, think, wow, that's great. Take it. But if the other stuff that, yeah, whatever, don't take it. But if you take the best from every strong marriage and every marriage you spend time with, boy, you'll score some free stuff that you you might learn the hard way. You know, so I like that. And the last one I'm actually going to cover today is be physical. Yep. This is, this is going to be my only effort, and it's only going to be about 90 seconds. This is my sex talk. This is a sex talk in marriage. Yeah, some of you have been waiting for it, and it had to come, because you know what? It's a part of being one flesh, okay? It's a good thing God gave us, especially if you want children. It's a very good thing. Yeah, very helpful if you want to have children. 1 Corinthians does say, he says, The husband should fulfill his marital, marital duty to his wife, and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to the husband in the same way the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to the wife. Do not deprive each other except, except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time, so that you may you know, devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. And then I'll put read or paraphrase as time persists, but we're okay. We're doing okay for time. You know, this is important. Actually, after all the fun stuff, there's probably a serious thing here. Guys, do not hold yourself from one another. You know, don't use that as a tool when things aren't going well. You know, if you're arguing, you're not getting on, you've had some issues, you've got some, you know, things that you're just not solving. You know, kids can always be, husbands, wives, always can always take different sides and you're trying to work that through and whatever. You know what? It's really clear here. It's really important here. Don't let, don't use the marriage bed as a tool of anger or revenge or whatever. You know, this is, it's really clear. Be physical. You know, use that as a tool. You know, even if you don't enjoy it, it's important. I really believe it. I really do. And I believe, I believe that there's a price to pay when we hold that back. Yeah? Yep. There can be a price to pay. I just, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. You know what? God knows when he wrote this, he knows that people have self, lack of self-control. He knows the pressure that we're on today. He knows that stuff that we face. So get physical. But let's get rid of physical. Let's go back to having fun. And you can have, be physical and have fun at the same time. That's great. And you don't have to communicate. So, so it's great for men. Sorry. My wife's smiling at me saying, settle down, Kerry. So, and I, did, I wrote down here, or oh, sorry, guys, I'm, I'm at two minutes over. Can I take about three more? Yep. Is that okay? The rest can have coffee, but we'll be taking names of those who leave. Okay. All right. So, I did put down the bottom here, this would be an interesting challenge if you've got someone who's got a, a physical touch, high love language, and the other person doesn't. Now, that'd be fun. I'm glad that's not us, so ha-ha to you. So, it's interesting this morning when I was talking to the Lord about this, all, all week and even talking this morning, I just, Lord, how do we, how do we conclude this? How do we conclude something like this? You know, and I've, I've just got a, a couple of points, but marriage was necessary from Adam from the beginning. Now, look, guys, there's a lot of things we haven't been able to cover this morning, and, and there's a lot of scriptures that I haven't been able to talk about, like um, the scriptures where it talks about that it's actually better that you, you don't get married. It's actually better that you give your life to serving Jesus. Okay? So just because he did what he did in the garden, that's not God's best always. You know, God does talk about in the New Testament about those who separate their lives for the kingdom. 
And that's, that's the highest calling. But it goes on to say pretty clearly that, you know, because of the lack of self-control, and if you can't control yourself, then it's better that you marry. Okay, we didn't get time to really go into that this morning. But I just felt that would touch on that. And, you know, we haven't been able to touch on lots of things this morning, those who have been married before and stuff. You know, I'm sorry that I couldn't go more into that and, and cover some of that. You know, it, it, was, it was always going to be difficult with this kind of, you know, a sermon on marriage and stuff. So I apologize that time just didn't allow us to get into that. But, you know, God has fulfillment for all of those roles. I know he does. You know what? And the other thing with marriage is, you know, we're under constant challenge and threat. You know, Jill and I are fruit loops. We've been married 26 years with five kids. People just think there's something wrong with us. Actually, there probably is, but but you know what? We're constantly under challenge. Why get married? Why not just live together? The same thing. Get the same benefits from the government. Why not do it? Well, I'll tell you what, you're not one flesh when you live together. You know, you might do a few things, but you're not complete spiritually when you live together. End of story. You're not complete spiritually. And I'm happy to debate that with anyone outside of church today. You know, if you're not married and you're living together... You're not complete. You're not fulfilled, and God will not complete you the way he wants. And Satan will do whatever he can to destroy your marriage. Your belief in marriage, your thoughts on marriage, getting married, he'll do whatever he can to do that, okay? And we we can't let it happen. As a church, we can't let it happen. We must focus on God being the center, the center of our own personal lives and the center of our marriage. And, um, you know, if, if, if I can leave every married couple with with a challenge this morning it's make god the center if it has if he hasn't been the center of your marriage now make it make him the center go home today and pray but i'd also like to just you know i don't i don't know if there's anyone here or not but you know if you've got a an unsaved partner or you're here this morning and you're married and you've heard some things we've said this morning and and you're you know you need god you, you may not you may not have given your life to god you want the marriage that we've been talking about this morning, but you've never given your heart to Jesus. You know, well, I'd like to tell you this morning, you could come up, meet one of us this morning and bring Jesus into your marriage. Okay? So if there's someone here this morning, I'm not going to make you put your hand up, but if there's someone here this morning that God's not in your marriage or he's not even in your life and you want what we've talked about, please come up and see us afterwards. Find me, find uh, Karen, find Caroline, find Pastor Bob, wherever he is. You know, find any one of the leaders and say, hey, I, I want God in my, in my life, in my marriage, because I want my marriage to be complete like that guy I was talking about this morning. Is that, is that fair enough? God's good. I am so good. Well, guys, we're out of time. I'm sorry for taking a five minutes extra, but I'm just going to pray a blessing. Is that okay? Yep. So how about we bow our heads? So, Lord, we thank you that you are the center of everything. Lord, we thank you that you created the garden. Lord, you created the world. Lord, and then you put created man in your own image and then you created woman from man lord and you brought us together and you made us one flesh lord and you commanded us to go out be fruitful to multiply and have dominion but lord we can't be fruitful we can't multiply and have dominion in the kingdom of god without you being the center so lord this morning i pray that all the words that have been spoken lord they would be taken and that would they would be put into our spirit lord so that we would have a revelation of what it is to be a godly couple Lord, to be godly people. Lord, to have you the center. Lord, for those who, who don't have a marriage partner, Lord, Lord, I pray that you would become that marriage partner in their life, to fulfill their every needs, Lord, to complete them. So, Lord, I pray a blessing. Lord, I just pray that you bless every marriage here. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen every marriage here. Lord, I pray that we would rise up 
as a church, Lord, and we would be a church that stands out for marriage, Lord, that we stands out, that God is the center of all that we do, Lord, and that we reach out and help others. Lord, we know that you could change our lives. Lord, we know you can change this, this uh, community that we live in, Lord, but only you can do it. But, Lord, you're going to do it through us. So, Lord, I pray a blessing on every family here, every husband and wife, every single person, Lord, every uh, child, every kid, Lord. I pray that you bless us so that when we go forward, Lord, we know you and that you are here in the center, guiding us, leading us, and showing us the things you want us to do. Bless us, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And we're all going to have fun. Hey, hallelujah. I don't think we'll have any music. I think we'll just go and have a coffee and communicate and have fun, eh? Yep. And the rest can hold hands and have a cuddle and, and all that kind of stuff. Bless you all.